Welcome to another episode of the podcast. The subordinate is in. I'm your host. I'm with here. I'm here today with my trusted co-host, and um, I guess I should mention at the top of the show uh, the website www.thesubordinateisin. If you'd like to see or read more or similar content, go there. And this is the show where we talk or offer advice and perspective about jobs, work, and management. Uh, as we like to say, we're both what. Not managers. Yeah, many things, but not managers. Not managers, mm-hmm. uh, although we do have a lot to say about work, mm-hmm. jobs, and management, obviously. Um, also, I guess we're informed by the perspective from the, you know, the quote, quote unquote, frontline mm-hmm. uh, perspective. And we also appreciate, or I guess one of our overriding themes is mm-hmm. that managers are more successful, uh, more successful, and their businesses are more profitable when they understand and behave as if their employees are in charge of them as opposed to the other way around because those employees are actually in charge of them. That's true. um, As Mm -hmm. we talked about in a previous episode. Several previous episodes, which you can reference uh, throughout uh, the podcast archives. Right, right. Check things out. So today, um, today's episode title, uh, I'm calling it the advisor evaluator paradox. But uh, I thought about titling it Sympathy for the Manager mm-hmm. because I felt like, you know, there maybe there's a, there's a risk that we're, that some people, I don't know, joining us maybe mid-season or whatever right. would get the impression that we're kind of here to rail against the system. Yeah, that we're just bashing managers. Which, yeah, yeah, which is not at all true. No. We're actually, yeah. um, I think you and I both empathize certainly yeah. with the difficult position in particular, uh, what we would call middle managers are in. Yeah, frontline you management. Know, frontline, pers- yeah, exactly. Certainly. So this, today we're going to kind of I guess dig into that idea a little bit. Yeah. We have danced around it a lot. I think we've made mention of like the fact that it's like, you know, I think I, I personally have probably mentioned a few different times that it's like, I, my heart goes out to like a a frontline manager who has to like walk this fine line, but it's nice to be able to kind of devote a whole, a whole, you know, a whole well, yeah, to I, them. yeah, yeah. I mean, that was what was kind of inspired me to talk about this because, yeah, right. you have on set, set on several occasions, like mm. you know, you know, manner you see a manager who you, you can almost sense that they want to do the right thing, yeah, mm-hmm. but they can't because they've got somebody that they're accountable to, and they know, they know that they've got to keep their manager happy. And I guess the one example I always think of is like, there may be a manager who's like doesn't want to micromanage you and like mm-hmm. want because trusts you to do your job mm-hmm. and knows you're going to do it well. Uh, but they've got a manager who's saying, oh, what's, uh, you know, what's yeah. so-and-so up to right now? What, right. you know, what, what you're not, you don't know, you don't know exactly what they're doing at this moment. Right. Why don't you, you know, maybe you should keep, you know, check in on them. You should be evaluating more, people, yeah. yeah, more mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. than you are. It's like, oh, all right. Um, so anyway, I guess, yeah. So I guess that's where, that's where we're coming from in the sense right. that, um, in the sense that I, you know, what the way I see this then is the problem isn't, you know, the problem isn't particular managers, the problem is systemic. It's not a personnel yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you put a good manager in this sort of situation and or you put any person in a situation, they're going to respond in the same way to these forces. Right. And so, you know, uh, so you can't say, oh, we'll just get this 
person out of there and replace them with somebody else. Right. And we'll be good. Um, it's not that easy. Because what you're looking at is not like it's not the individual. You're looking at the – as we've talked about many times, it's not the individual that isn't like performing properly. They're in a system that doesn't allow them to perform right. properly. And that's, right. that's the issue is that this, the hierarchy – the system of hierarchy yeah, yeah. in yeah. business and in the workplace does not actually support good management. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one, yeah, one final item I wanted to – to add just to kind of, you know, again, sympathize with management. According to Gallup organization, recently they published a study about, they they study worker engagement um, across the board and, and you know, and what are, what's happening in trends in terms of workers being happy. And they've been noticing engagement overall has been dropping. But interestingly, managers were amongst those experiencing the greatest drop mm-hmm. in engagement. So this isn't about yeah, this isn't about unsatisfied employees and, you know, and managers are kind of the problem. Right. They're as or more dissatisfied right. yeah. than non, the non-management workforce. Uh-huh. So, um, again, you know, it's a tough job, uh, particularly uh, because of the the situation, because of the systemic forces that are placed on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those is uh, the advisor evaluator paradox. Yeah. Um, that's again, the episode title and that's what we're going to talk about. And the, you know, the thing is, is that managers are assigned both of these roles. Right. So the advisor, of course, uh, this is the whole idea that, you know, you, that you have your, in your work, you need some guidance, some assistance, something, you know, you c- encounter a situation that you're not sure what to do as a frontline worker. Right. And you go to your you go to your manager for assistance. Right. You know, and this is recognized as one of the, you know, the basic responsibilities. I have some, you know, Google, we've talked about these studies before, yeah, but yeah. Google mm-hmm. and Gallup, you know, both list this ones. um Google's Project Oxygen. Again, that's a that's we if you want to know more about that. You can go to their website, Project Oxygen, at Google's website. We talked about it more in depth in um, our episode titled The One Thing You Think You Know About Managing is Wrong. Mm. Uh, but relevant today, uh, one of the, you know, one of the response or two of the responsibilities kind of speak to this. Great managers, in their opinion, support career development and discuss performance. And they have t- uh, key technical skills to help advise their workers. Mm-hmm. Gallup kind of basically says the same thing. Right. So this is understood, right, to be – and I don't know. I mean, in my experience, and I'm sure in yours too, you know, yeah, you're you're supposed to see your – you know, you're supposed to see your manager. And, some, and sometimes you do go to them, you know. I was going to say, you're supposed to see your manager. I think it's pretty – like culturally accepted that your manager is supposed to be somebody who you should feel comfortable going to. I mean, I feel like that's the thing people talk about a lot, like, um, you know, and the reasons behind that being that you would want to go to your manager because as you know, the host and I are talking about now, theoretically they have advice to give you from their Mm -hmm. time in the field, from their time doing possibly the same job as you. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Also, they want you to succeed and, uh, you know, better yourself because ultimately that's going to help the company succeed and better itself and remain profitable. Absolutely. Um, um, so I think culturally, 
Yeah, there's like a huge thing about like, mm-hmm. oh, like, you know, you should always be, you can always come to me. You know what I mean? Like, you know. My uh, door is always my open. My door is always open. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, actually, that's a really. Right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. How many times have has our audience heard, you know, that phrase? Yeah, yeah. And that's not even to say, again, to make it clear, like, that's not to say that that is ingenuine. You know what I mean? No, like, like, no. And that people, is genuine. People yes. mean this. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. There are plenty of managers who do mean this. Right. And it, you know, yeah, it may not even it may not play out, but even the fact that somebody would say that Absolutely. is actually like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this person, you know, at least is saying, acknowledging, and is open to this idea of like of being of serving in this role. Yeah, talk to me, tell talk me what me, you need. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like these right. are things that I personally have heard from you know managers who are able to fulfill this. So it fulfill the advisory role. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure our and I'm sure our audience yeah, is like yeah. it's no stranger to our listeners right. as well. I'm right, sure. Right. Right. And so yeah, so manager as advisor. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of obvious. I mean, the reason behind it is like, as you just kind of alluded to, mm-hmm. managers are selected for this because oftentimes they've done the job. Mm-hmm. Of the uh, not always, but you know, a lot of times they've done the job of the people that they are now managing. So right. they have some greater level of experience in that role. They're often often with the organization longer. Mm-hmm. Although again, not always. Mm-hmm. Um, but that means they have like a you know a more experience more generally with how the organization works. Mm-hmm. Which again, perfect for that role. And then they may have some, you know, they may have some area of expertise, like, you know, either more training or or education in a particularly relevant field. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, of course, you know, from my own um, experience, you know, maybe having an advanced degree, you know, a a master's or a PhD, whereas the people who are reporting to you would only have a, you know, only have a um, bachelor of science. Yeah. Uh, Again, so there's this, you know, so there's this, this, at least this perception that, oh, this person knows more and therefore should be, quote unquote, right, in right. charge mm-hmm. of, but again, like uh, uh, ideally suited perhaps for this advisory role. Right. So it's, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes absolutely. sense to assign this role. As a as an addendum for our audience, as myself, as someone who has none of these degrees, <laughs> much less any <laughs> any degrees, this right. is something that I, this is, I want to I want these people around me. I want, yeah, you know, yeah. I want advi- I want advisory individuals around me who are right. able to make those calls who are whether or not they have a familiarity with I mean they should have a familiarity with the work. But what I mean to say it was whether they've done my job specifically or not. You know what I mean? Like right. these are the people who I would say I want to rely on and I feel as though many of our audience, many of our listeners would feel the same way. Like you want to it, in the sense that advisory like advisory is some is a, is a reliability thing as well. You know, you can rely on right, like, uh, right. somebody in an advisory role right. um, to consistently be there and c- to consistently uh, help and assist with you know whatever whatever the whatever you know problems or uh, situations arise in the organization. So to continue to help you evolve in your position again, not because it's you know the right thing to do, although it is, right, but right. because it's going to make the company more money. Right, you know? right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is going to be good for everyone, mm-hmm. presumably. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's the advisor role. Yes. yes. Manager. Ideally suited, perhaps. Mm-hmm. 
Now they're also at the same time assigned this evaluator mm-hmm. role. Again, some precedent there. I, I pulled I pulled this like quote from a book that was put out on managing by Harvard. It's called the Harvard Business Essentials Manager's Toolkit. Mm-hmm. But basically, I could have plucked any book I feel like off my shelf at random. And they sure. say, you know, assessing assessing how well people are doing, people employees is a fundamental responsibility of a manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that seems reasonable. You know, organizations need to be, need to assess employees in some way. Sure. So they know who, you know, who's doing okay, who needs help, who should be rewarded, who should be promoted, you know, all of it. You have to, you've got to monitor. I mean, at some in some way, you've got to monitor the performance of your employees. That's, right. you know, that's fundamental. Nobody, I think nobody would argue with that. Right. And again, the rationale for assigning this role to a manager is exactly yeah. the same as the rationale for assigning them the advisory role, right? right? Oftentimes more experienced, they've done the role, they've been with the organization longer. These are all, these are all traits that are going to make them, you know, uh, well-suited to say, oh, so and so is doing great, right? So and so, you know, is maybe needs some help here, or right. is, would be better suited doing, who knows, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. some other role, who knows. So yeah, that's the evaluator, you know, situation. But you know, when we get into evaluation, right, the paradox becomes pretty clear pretty quickly. And I like, yeah. as we were like, I was like looking over the notes, the notes last night, like preparing for the episode. I was like, oh, this is like. Right, you know, right. Like, like, as soon as we started, as soon as I started talking about it, I was like, oh, this is, right, right. in lies the problem. Like, So, yeah, I mean, so you're already sensing, uh-huh. you know, the conflicting nature of these roles. And, you know, and, and, you know, evaluation, we're not talking, we're not necessarily talking about, oh, you know, who should I gently assist here? We're talking about performance appraisals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that often comes in the, um, comes in the form of like this annual thing that you go through with your manager. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and again, like, you know, there's no nice way to say what what really is going on here. This, you know, that's Harvard Harvard's book that <laughs> that I kind of took these quotes from. You know, they do a good job of trying to mask what's happening. Uh, oh, the performance appraisal. You know, this all sounds really benign. Right. No, we're just communicating goals to direct reports. Okay, right. that sounds, yeah, that sounds, yeah, we're trying to increase productivity by right. providing timely feedback, you mm-hmm. know. Oh, uh, yeah, I get that. Um, the one I liked, though, is like, he- oh, help yeah, the yeah. organization make, quote, valid decisions yeah, yeah. with respect to pay, development, and promotions. Uh-huh. Like, that's that's kind of funny, right? Yeah. Um, uh huh. We'd love to, you know, we'd love to give you a raise, but right. we just don't think that would be valid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just trying to make some valid right. decisions. Valid here. decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Help us make some <laughs> valid decisions. You know, and then you go, and then, you know, you basically go in with, you know, the other thing that the performance appraisal does is it protects the organization against lawsuits. Right. By employees who have been terminated, demoted, or denied a merit increase. Yeah, okay, yeah, this is, I mean, this is getting more to the guts of it, right? right. It's like, you know, we're, why, you know. Yeah, I mean, stack this <laughs> stack this stuff against the phrase, my door is always open. Yes, You know exactly. what I mean? And therein it becomes like, that's why, that's why we laughed earlier when we said, like, my door is always open. Yeah. But, like, as an isolated, like, 
as an isolated philosophy for a manager to adopt, my door is always open. Right. You want to hear that. Right. Man, if I hear that coming from my manager, I'm like, damn, great. Right, cool. right. This is somebody who's going to advise me. This is someone who's going to support me. This is somebody who I can count on to um, go to when either things are going in a direction I want to avoid or mm-hmm. I feel like, hey, this is really working out. Like, I think we should continue to do X or right. Y or Z because it's really, you know what I mean? Let's increase like the direction we're headed, whatever it is. You hear a phrase like, my door is always open and your instinct is to be like, great. Right. But we all but, know that yeah. thing in the back of our mind of my door is always open. Yeah, what happens when you walk through that door? Right. It closes, right. It and then closes. the manager rails you out for saying, you know what I mean, for, you right. know, or not rails you out, but like, you know, goes, evaluates you, yeah. goes over your performance, you know, uh, your annual or quarterly performance and says like, you're really not performing well here. You know right. what I mean? You know, right. we'd really love to see this happening, but we don't feel like it would be a valid decision based off right, of right. these numbers here. And it's right. like- you hear, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah you we're know, gonna we're gonna have this. Yeah. We're just gonna have a conversation so that I can so I can protect the organization from a lawsuit, right? You know, <laughs> right? Oh, okay, cool. It's totally <laughs> it's totally at odds with the philosophy yeah. that a advisor is somebody who's there for you, right? And an evaluator is somebody that's there for the company, right? And right. truncating these two things into yeah. one position. I mean that's what we're talking about here. You yeah. Know I so mean? this this is exactly this gets to the heart of the um right. the paradox and this gets to the heart of the idea that like so bad you know quote unquote bad management which mm-hmm. is a lot of what we talk about is not necessarily the fault of the manager. Right. Think of the impossible situation mm-hmm. that they are put in mm-hmm. in being openly assigned these two roles, these two responsibilities. They are totally at odds with each other Mm -hmm. and that that we just, you know, say, oh, but do it anyway. Right. So, you know, so that gets to, so that's the problem. And again, as we've said a a bunch of times on this episode, we're not the first people to point this out. And I, you know, I go to the literature uh, another uh, Linda Hill, professor of business at um, professor of business oh, yeah, administration yeah, at Harvard. Good. We're going to stick with a the Harvard theme here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I guess that was not planned, but uh, yeah, Harvard again. She says the conflict between the boss's role as evaluator and developer or advisor is an age-old dilemma. On mm-hmm. you know, end quote. I don't know how age-old it is, but I I went back to the 1960s and found a quote in. A book by Douglas McGregor, mm. considered one of the, um, the greats MIT of guy, right? MIT, considered one of the you know the greats in in modern management theory. Uh, his book is a is a classic, and he says more you know overtly the role of judge and the role of counselor are incompatible. You know they right. are. That's 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 it. So the role of the manager here is just by definition paradoxical in that you've been assigned these two responsibilities as defined by the hierarchy as defined by the hierarchy as by management as defined by by hierarchy right right which is what we're talking about a lot on this show like you know it's it's fundamentally flawed but yeah what an impossible position right to put a frontline manager in like (laughs) yeah exactly i mean you know no wonder right that's basically no wonder managers struggle and they do you know Mm -hmm. 
so yeah, I mean, just to drive the, you know, drive the point home, I guess, um, you know, advising, you know, advising, if you're going talking to your advisor, you're talking about exposing, you're asking for advice. So you're exposing potential vulnerabilities right. in your own performance for, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, you know, how could it not? It's, you know, that's what the improving, if you want to improve your own performance, you've got to like talk about your weaknesses. Right. And so then you're talking about it to somebody who no matter how well intended mm-hmm. could use that information in their evaluation later when deciding, you know, raise promotion, all of this stuff. Right. And the issue there isn't, again, it's not like, oh, the, you know, the manager's ne- necessarily doing this for nefarious reasons. Right. Like exactly. how can yeah. you... Mm-hmm. How can you not help but use that information? Because the manager needs to protect their position. Right. And because they're in a hierarchy, because that's the way hierarchy defines management, what are they supposed supposed to do if they want to keep their job, you know? Right, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. what are they going to do? Like, yeah, what are they going to do? They've got a – they've been – you know, deemed by their bosses, by upper management or CEO or whatever, to do what's best for the organization. And so Mm -hmm. they're going to want to put the best people in the best possible positions. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to use all the information available to them to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And so if you open up and tell them things that are not flattering, Mm -hmm. then you are jeopardizing your own, you know, your own self-interest. Right. Yeah, I, you know, personally, I, I uh, not so much now, but, you know, back in the day, again, like, I would never go to my manager right. with, a, with a question yeah, first. Yeah. I would talk to everybody else right. first, even though he, in this situation, yeah, in this uh, situation, this gentleman had the experience. He had more experience. Right. And he would have been the ideal person to go to first and foremost, right. and, but I avoided it because I didn't want to accidentally go to something, you know, ask him something and, yeah. where he's thinking, oh, yeah, no, you know, boy, you know, you should have known Why this. Why don't actually. you know this? Why yeah. don't you know this already? Yeah. What's, you know, so. To a, to a similar effect, I, I have had experiences, I can think of one particularly where I had a manager who I wouldn't really approach and I would say I started to not approach him because he actually actively said to me, ask your coworkers before you ask me. Right. He's he straight up. And I don't, in hindsight, it's hard to tell, you know what I mean? Like what, right. what he was saying by saying that, but he would, he said that, I remember one time very pointedly, he said uh-huh. like, you have a ton of, uh, it was, I, I was beginning a new position in, in a new, uh, in a new business. And he was like, ask any and all of your coworkers before you ask me. Wow. Which I don't think I, I wasn't sure what to make of it at the time, but especially in the context of like everything that the host and I have been discussing these past, you know, weeks on the show, it's like, oh, maybe like, yeah, he's as slightly aware of, you know what I mean? The parent, I was like, don't, hey man, don't tell me. Well, oh yeah. I mean, that's one way to. Don't, don't like protect yourself, you know? That yeah, I mean that's one way know. to look at. Maybe you know, he might have been. He might have been. He, may, he might have been that aware. It's, it's like don't tell me stuff that. Right. Yeah. Don't don't ask me stuff like that. That's going right. to make you look bad. Right. 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 Of course, you know. I'm just thinking now, though. You know the other the other side of this too is like okay, go ask your coworkers first. Mm-hmm. 
but you also want to like put your best foot forward with them too. You don't want to appear to be true. You don't want you don't want to um, ask them questions, mm-hmm. especially that, in a competitive workplace as exactly. well. Exactly. Not all workplaces are like I guess most workplaces are are like that to a degree. Some some more so yeah. than others, but especially in a competitive workplace, you don't want to necessarily open yourself up. Yeah. To in in my scenario as a new employee, right. even that's even more pronounced. I don't want to like open myself to being like, oh, like new guy doesn't know his, you know, doesn't, doesn't know his know stuff. His, how did he make it through the right? You know, right, right. The screening process, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's problematic. I like the analogy that you made um, in terms of. Uh, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on this one, but the analogy, the saying. Uh, or Harvard or MIT quote saying that you know the role of counselor yeah. and judge are incompatible, and then you made the analogy in our notes uh, saying that you know there's a very clear anecdote here in the legal system. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. We're gonna get to that in just a second. Yeah, um, yeah. But first, I you know just uh, there's a couple of unintended consequences. You know that that this paradox creates mm-hmm. one of which is because of this problem like any advice you get from a manager in the moment could in- immediately be interpreted as sort of a criticism sure you know what i mean so is this person telling me giving me advice right or are they are they evaluating me and right. and so you know you don't know and so your initial reaction is going to be at least mine would be to become defensive you know, so in this moment, so anytime, so even a again, a well-intended manager who's offering well-intended advice, they're going to get, they're going to provoke possibly a sense of defensiveness because the employee is wondering, you know, are you coming at me as an advisor or an evaluator? Right. I don't know. So I'm going to be careful here. Right. And again, of course, you know, advice, if it's coming from your evaluator, you, you're not going to feel like. You really have any choice, right? In the yeah, matter. you're just going to enact. You're going to right. act on that advice, regardless of your own interpretation of whether it's going right. to work or not work, exactly. Or be effective in the scenario or not, right? And if you are, if you feel it's kind of this veiled criticism, you may not. You know, your heart's not necessarily gonna mm-hmm. gonna be in it either. So, so if you're a manager trying to get your employee to do something, and you've you know you give them a suggestion, and they get defensive you're not going to have as much buy-in to it i guess yeah uh-huh. from the employee so uh, i guess you know again like assuming taking the perspective of the manager here you know you're you know your hands are tied in a way that yeah. is beyond your control you're right. a well-intended person who's just trying to help somebody do their job you mention something they get defensive and now there's this whole right. thing, and how do you get around that? And the the humor of it, there's like a bit of humor in it to me in the sense that like, and what's going to happen at the end of this exchange? The manager and the employee are both going to walk away from the situation going like, well, that didn't, you know, yeah. well, that didn't help. You know what I mean? Like neither of them are going to, they're both going to walk away from it going like, the employee is going to walk away from that scenario and say like, well, I... I wasn't actually really able to explain the situation fully to my manager because I don't trust them with this information because I don't want them to evaluate me in a negative light. And the manager is going to walk away from that scenario saying like, 
I know this employee was not totally um, transparent with the scenario because right. I'm coming at them with like kind of this sideways thing, this thing that's yeah, not yeah. quite advice. It's not quite evaluation. It's sort of a ham-fisted, you know, half bag of like both of these things that doesn't ultimately help anybody. But the irony is that like both participants and at least, you know, a good manager, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is going to be fully aware that this isn't helpful. You know what yeah. I mean? They're both going to walk away from the scenario going like, we should have just been able to like set pretense aside and speak about this frankly. But there's this lack of, the hierarchy imposes this inherent lack of trust right. that happens right. that we both need to participate in, even though we both know that's not what's actually going to get the job done. Yeah, yeah. You, no, you bring up a good point about basically then you're going to have a situation where the you know the employee is going to withhold information, mm-hmm. not be completely honest, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not necessarily in their um, yeah, it's not it's not in their best interest to right. do so necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, <clears throat> there's all of that. But getting back to uh, Mr. McGregor. Mm-hmm. All right, so Douglas McGregor, he articulates, I thought, some of the more amusing manifestations of what mm-hmm. of what happens from this, this conflict. And he says, and I'm quoting, uh, the effectiveness of the communication that is between an employer and employee uh, is inverse, inversely related to the employee's need to hear it. Mm. Uh, the more serious the criticism, in other words, the less likely... He, she, they are to accept it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes on to point out that if um, if the manager becomes insistent enough, they may get through to the employee, but only after having done serious re- serious damage to the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I like I I love that because yes, you know this is this is you know the obvious consequence of this right. this screwed up dynamic. Mm-hmm. He also says, or he points out, that if criticisms are yeah. communicated as abstractions or generalities, the recipient is likely to ask for specifics, right? If somebody says, well, you know, you've got a bad attitude or something. Right. They're going to want specifics, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then he goes on to say, though, though, but if concrete illustrations are offered, the employee is apt to claim it was it was um, due to extenuating circumstances in a specific situation, mm-hmm. and therefore can't be generalized. Right. So it's this you know, whack a mole. Right. If you're general, they want specifics. If right. you say it's, if you offer then specific examples, they say, well, you can't you generalize. Away from it. You yeah, can't yeah. generalize that because you know, because that those were only certain circumstances. Right. So you're you know, what are you going to do? Uh, and then finally, and this is oh, this, this is, is great good. because yeah, yeah, we're I gonna like get we're gonna this is gonna this is gonna set something up, I guess, at the end of the episode too. The problem with judging performance, uh, Mr. McGregor says, is further complicated by the fact that any individual's on the job of performance is, to a considerable extent, a function of how he, she, or they is managed. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> So when yeah. you when you effectively give somebody a poor, you know, a poor performance appraisal, that could be just as much about you yeah. mismanaging that employee as the employee themselves. Right. 
Uh, and again, in certain scenarios, through no specific fault of that manager, exactly. In, in, you know, simply by the fact that it's management as defined by hierarchy. Right, right, not, right. You know what I mean? Not because it's like, and we addressed this kind of at the top of the episode, it's not about like swapping in a good manager for a bad manager. Right, right. It's the whole system that surrounds that manager. The whole dynamic, the whole paradigm, the whole management paradigm, mm-hmm. which yes, hierarchy is the best way to re- refer to that. Mm-hmm. That whole paradigm creates this this situation, this impossibility, this paradox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you said earlier, there is an organization yeah. That yeah, has yeah. figured this out in at least kind of one facet. Right. And ironically, of course, that's the government. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so I mean, you know, government's a little bit ahead of businesses uh, in this regard because they do, in, in our current judicial system in this country, uh, there's a clear distinction, a clear separation between uh, the role of advisor and evaluator. The role right. of advisor, if you were, you know, charged with a crime, you have a defense lawyer. Right. And they are completely different from the evaluator, which is the prosecutor and judge and jury to some extent as well. Right. Um, and these, this is codified in such things as attorney-client privilege, mm-hmm. so that what you say to your court-appointed or your lawyer, your court-appointed lawyer or the one you hire, is private, kept private and confidential. That can't be used. Your your defense lawyer can't reveal that without your, you know, consent in the right in the um in the proceedings because they're they're there to defend you. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Miranda writes to some extent, you know, the right to remain silent during interrogation so as not to self uh incriminate yourself or yeah, incriminate yourself. So again, the system in the judicial the judicial system very clear separation of those two roles. Right. But in the management, you know, management community, eh, yeah, yeah, we'll just give both roles to yeah <laughs> to again, you. It's just to like it's so it's not fair to ask that of a manager. No, you know what I mean? Like, no, you know, it's not. And I mean, you know, I don't want to go on about like what's fair and not fair necessarily, but like it's not. You know what I mean? It's it's and, it, well, and it's it's unreasonable and it's it's ineffective in terms of and i think that's the, that's, that's the big thing that's it it's ineffective fair fair unfair we're yeah we're here to say it's it's ineffective mm-hmm. it's it's inefficient yes it's detrimental yeah to organizational function mm-hmm. and by that we mean success and by that we mean profitability right so you can draw a direct line between yeah, putting your organization at a disadvantage, you know, draw a direct line between that and the evaluator-advisor paradox. Right. Uh, so that's what we're saying. And managers, you know, you have all our sympathy. Right? Yeah, our yeah. sympathies are with you in this, you know, in this situation, because what are you supposed to do? Yeah. If it wasn't clear before, this episode's for you. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, man, but, you know, I guess the management community or... Or, or whatever current management thinking doesn't hasn't ignored this entirely. The the solution seems to be uh, again it's as in so many situations. Let's just assign a really friendly term to it. Let's call yeah, yeah, managing yeah. coaching again. Oh, that sounds yeah 
That sounds nice. A coach. Coming back to like the team, which we yeah. kind of debunked a couple episodes as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. this gets back to, I was going to mention that too. It's like, so we talked about team mm-hmm. and the failed analogy that that is. Um, and you can check out that episode uh, from this season. Uh, the, yeah, the episode title was team, what team? Mm. But a further, yeah, kind of a further... I don't know, you know, kind of uh, accusation or, uh, you know, dismissal of the whole idea of team. Right. Uh, but this is what, what you can see why this term, again, is um, is used because what do coaches do? Right. They decide who's going to be on the roster, who, who gets mm-hmm. to take the field, who's on the bench. They put people in the best positions that work for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they also offer, you know— direction on how to play better and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. So they, you know, at the same time, they, they of course, they're also assigned uh, these two roles. So mm-hmm. the, man, you know, management community co-opting this idea right. or this term, you know, makes sense. Which, you know, interesting enough, though, coaches are kind of assigned both of these in terms of evaluating and advising. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But they are, but... At the same time, there's even a little bit of a separation there because there's a mm-hmm. difference between a coach and a manager in sport. You know what I mean? There's a, there's somebody yeah, who yeah. manages that. So even oh, that, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. saying it's not even a, like them trying to co-opt again. Like coach is like, well, yeah, the, the coach is the advisor. The manager yeah. above them in a sports context at any rate, they're the person who decides who's on the roster or not. You know what I mean? Well, the, yeah, yeah. You know and a, I mean? Again, yeah, the professional, yeah, again, the professional, yeah, the professional um, sports teams, yeah, the the analogy is a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Is a little bit even more complex mm-hmm. or, you know, problematic, I guess right, would right. be the word. Yeah. But um, getting back to, again, I've, I've quoted um the harvard business uh reviews um manager's toolkit text on a number of occasions already and so they they also use the term coach and they say um you know they they refer to managing as coaching and say good coaching produces greater job satisfaction and higher motivation Mm. sure but even that is problematic because when you say because now you're talking about good coach versus bad coach. Right. What's that exactly? Right. It's not enough to coach. You got to do it in the right way as right. opposed to the wrong way. Well, what does that mean? Right. No, you know, no clarif- clarifications there. Mm-hmm. They also mentioned this whole idea of um, this. I thought was like kind of tone deaf. Uh, they talk about employees and managers like agreeing to form a coaching relationship. <laughs> like what? <laughs> What does what that em- even mean? Yeah. What does that mean? I mean, what yeah. employee even has the you know is going to say to their you know their manager? Nah, I don't. I don't prefer you wouldn't coach me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, who's going to say that? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, we'll try it out for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see. But I'm, I you hear, know, yeah, I hear you. But I right, think I'm yeah. just going to go you know ahead what? and say nah. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah. No, there's no, so there's no, <laughs> there's no real, there's no real choice that an employee would have that's in that situation, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. No. And again, this is, you know, as Cal, it's like, you know, just talking about, yeah. you know, forming a relationship and it's everything. It's like, it, as soon as you couch it in. As know, soon as you, yeah, have somebody evaluating you. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. It's like, well, you're muddying the waters of the relationship from the get. You know right. What I mean, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I really want to coach you. Well, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to say in that situation? Right. So ultimately, you know, oh. ultimately you can't. You know. Well, I was going to talk. I was going to talk a little bit more about. You know, uh, the this this text, the manager's toolkit. They get into some. You I know, like this. tips about coaching. Yeah, let's go through. Yeah, it. we can get. We on got. This t- we actually got bit. time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they have all these, you know, you know, kind of real, you know, benign <laughs> observations that are basically, again, uh, this would be great if if managers were just advisors, but because they're also evaluators, they start. They just sound. They sound off. They sound funny. They sound right. like, uh, you know, <clears throat> whatever you want to call it, like um, a facade. So all right, so um, right. Here are some of their tips and steps for coaching. You know, begin with observation. Ask the right questions. Give and receive feedback. Develop an action plan. Always follow up. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, yeah. Eh, you know, that sounds like, that also sounds like delegating. Right. Making sure you're doing what I'm telling you telling right. you to do. <clears throat> reminding you to do what I tell you to do. You know, all of this thing. Uh, all of these things that are more indicative of hierarchical managing. Do do what I say, mm-hmm. you know, do what I say and don't, you know, don't ask. My favorite though is they tell, <laughs> they have these tips about being an active listener. Yeah, this is good. Maintain eye contact. Smile at Ooh. the appropriate moment. <laughs> Be sensitive to body language. You know, indicate your listening by repeating what was said. <laughs> You know, so again, this, so here's, you know, my cynical, right. my, I'm going to put the cynical hat on here. Yeah. This sounds like tips for faking, like you're listening to somebody. Sure. Pretend to care. Right. Do these things and right. you will fool your employee. It's, it's also kind of like, it's like saying like, you're an evaluator. Here's right. how you pretend to be an advisor. Right. You know what I mean? By yeah. doing by doing these things. Like yeah. oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't yawn while Don't yawn. Yeah. Gain, you know, you. gain your employees' confidence right. before you Yeah. It does sound a little bit like uh yeah, like an in, inter you know, interrogator's checklist of ways to get this person to open up to you so then you can gain valuable information mm-hmm. that you can use for whatever purposes you need and mm-hmm. not necessarily for for their for the employee's mm-hmm. um benefit or for their self-interest for the, yours and the organization's right and i mean i should to be fair you know some of the things some of the things you know, that they do say, you know, listening, yeah. listen. I mean, they're legitimate. Don't interrupt. You know, these are all sorts of things you can do. Uh, you know, don't be distracted. Yeah, all of it's good. And again, again, this book, this, you know, this text that I'm quoting, this is not, there are well-intended people mm-hmm. who wrote this book with the best intentions, I'm sure. Yeah. They want to help managers, mm-hmm. but it's the very... You know, it's the very paradox. You can't, you can't undo this. You can't, you can't get around it. You can't fake your way through the fact that these two contradictory responsibilities are both assigned to managers. Yeah. Again, Douglas McGregor, 
<clears throat> advisor and evaluator, those two roles are incompatible. Mm-hmm. You cannot make them compatible. Yeah. They are incompatible, and you know, you full stop. Yeah, yes. And you can't make them compatible just by calling it something else. Right, you know? right. You can't rebrand it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where we're at. So I got to, all right, <clears throat> so one more kind of last last uh, digression maybe on this topic, although I feel, feel it's, it's appropriate. One of my favorite organizational theorists, a uh, guy who's written about managing, also a Harvard guy. Okay. Uh, this is the late Chris uh, Argyris. He wrote some wonderful books, uh, in one of which, in one of which, he talks about uh, this this thing he calls skilled unawareness, mm-hmm. which I love. Skilled mm-hmm. unawareness, and he was he was using it in a different context. Excuse me, but I, I feel it applies here. He defines it, you know, the skilled unawareness has to uh, basically fit five criteria. And one of which, you know, number one is state a message that is inconsistent. That's what, you know, the advisor Mm -hmm. evaluator paradox is, is it's an inconsistency. Uh, Step two, act as if it is not inconsistent. (laughs) (laughs) You know, i.e., call it coaching. Right. You know, just call it coaching Mm -hmm. or whatever. Step three, make it, make all of this undiscussable. <laughs> and again, you know, nobody, um, yeah, nobody kind of pushes back. We don't discuss this enough. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> nobody says, you know, nobody talks about this. And then this is the part I love. He's, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> he yeah. goes, make, make the undiscussability undiscussable. Right. Which is sort of redundant. It's probably, you know, <clears throat> it probably doesn't even need to be said, but I just love I the idea. It's right? don't talk about it that we don't talk about it. Yeah, no, yeah. No, that is, that's yeah. there. Like, that's. We're all not talking about what we don't talk, you know, yeah. what we're not talking about. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> finally, then uh, again, act as if you're not doing so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I love it. Un- uh, skilled unawareness. Uh, he's, yeah, he's one of my favorite, favorite guys. He's, he's, you know. He's written some stuff. We'll probably, I think we probably have quoted him in the past, yeah. um, and we will in the future because he he gets he gets it that there's there are things that are deeply deeply wrong mm-hmm. with this whole idea of management and and what managers are being asked to do, mm-hmm. um, which is what this episode is about. All right. So in sum, yeah, let's let's bang it out. Yeah. I, so I, the way I said it was like, managers, I, I wouldn't want to be you. No, no. You know? And when I was, I, you know, I was briefly, and when I was, I mm-hmm. hated it. And when I was offered, I turned it down. I was recently again. I, you know, <laughs> turned, turned, turned it down. Turned yeah. it down. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Um, a lot of what we say on this episode is is kind of intuitive. There's, mm-hmm. Or even if it's not intuitive, even if, if, if you can't articulate it in the way that we are now, uh, I think a lot of people just sense this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, a I can't... Of, yeah, a lot of managers do. I a lot of say. managers do. Yeah. I can't tell you, you know, I've talked to people too who, like you, offered management. It's like, nah, yeah. not for me. No. They couldn't tell you why, but they just know. They just know. They just yeah, know. Yeah. I probably uh, couldn't have told you why, you know, before right. nine, mo- nine, ten months ago. Right. Honestly. Right. Yeah. But you, at the same, but you knew. Yeah. Like there was something, it's like, yeah. nah. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, 
again, this is not this is not something that we've we've discovered, and it's not something that most people don't kind of like sense on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, but let, yeah, again, to be more specific, the problem you know the problem is that even if you may be the best person to quote unquote coach coach or advise your employees. Mm-hmm. You're the person they're least going to want to approach yeah. because you're an evaluator. Um, when you do offer your advice, even though it, you know it's not really advice, your employee's reflex is almost sure to be one of defensiveness yeah. as opposed to like, oh, that's a great suge- suggestion. The more an employee needs to hear something, the harder it's going to be for them to hear it. Yeah. Uh, again, because you're in a, you're evaluating, um, they're gonna they're gonna, you know, look at it through that, from that perspective. Is this person criticizing me? Is this something that's gonna you know hurt me? Uh, eventually, is this why I'm not gonna get a raise? Right. And then any pl- employee you're thinking of firing for poor performance <laughs> <laughs> may be as much an indictment of your. Uh, you're managing them as it is about their competence. Right. So think about, you know, I mean, think about that. It's true. Employees, you know, em- again, employees also leave, they, they don't leave companies, they leave managers. Yeah. So um, how they're performing is very much, how they feel on the job is very much a function of the manager. I would say, you know, almost a- Almost exclusively. <laughs> right, right, right. You Almost know. exclusively. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, when I've, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you. When I found a good manager, yeah, this is a cool job, even yeah. if the company's struggling, yeah, frankly. Yeah, definitely. It's like, uh, let's hope it works because I really like this. Yeah, absolutely. This relationship, right? <laughs> I, Yeah. I've heard plenty of uh, friends, colleagues, and, you know, other people who are in, you know, similar fields as me say like, yeah, if this manager leaves this job that I'm at, I'm pretty sure I'm going to leave too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And also when you get a new manager, it's like, you know, what's this person going right. to be life- like? Because it's going to change the entire dynamic. Mm-hmm. Waiting for of, the other shoe to drop. And of see your like, relationship. Uh, so, yeah, what, of what this what this organization is going to be. And this person is coming in with this impossible task yeah. of being both your advisor supposedly and your you know evaluator supposedly. So I don't want to leave this episode on a down note. Mm-hmm. Again, we're sympathizing with managers here. Uh, so two final thoughts. Uh, one's a teaser for next jam session. We're gonna we're gonna talk about how to unravel this. Right. I was gonna say like I, yeah yeah definitely. Right. We've alluded a little bit to you know. Well, I mean, we'll just say it like hierarchy is problematic because this is what it does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the term we've bandied about, which is lowerarchy, is the way out of this. And we're right. going to go into some detail on why that, you know, why we think that is, what, why we think that's going to help. Uh, and then I also want to leave us with one final uplifting quote from Mr. McGregor, the the author of The Human Side of Enterprise, this um, whatever seminal work in organizational theory. And he says, he says it in a different context, but I think it's appropriate here. Mm. He says it, it appears to be something of a tribute to the adaptability of human beings 
that these procedures work at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I would say too. Like the fact that, I don't know, like organizations even accomplish anything, it, it's given all of the just right. screwed upness of yeah. it all is like somehow it is a testament to something, human nature. Absolutely. And I would even take it to a step more specific. Like, absolutely, it is a, a testament to like our ability to function within these hugely inherently flawed yeah. systems that we're all kind of forced to participate in. Yeah. But I would even take it a more specific step and say, just to, again, like, because in a way, like, we're raising a glass to managers during this episode in a yeah, way, like, yeah. and say, like, it is like a true testament that there are good managers within a hierarchical system. Right, right. You know what I mean? To take it one step further and bring it, you know, more specifically to what myself and the host have been talking yeah, about this yeah. whole episode. Like, you know, hats off that, you know, any of you guys out there are doing the job that you're doing, you know? That's, yeah, that's a great point. It actually, yeah, it 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 makes your accomplishment that much more admirable. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you're able to do a great job mm-hmm. in this in this impossible environment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. A, gla- event- yeah. a glass to you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Right. And eventually we're going to talk about how, you know, more of how you will more, be able to do that. Yeah, how yeah. more how more people, you know, well and or or an organizational structure in which more managers are going to be able to do that. But you don't have to struggle to you do that. You don't have to yeah. struggle that. Yeah. You don't have to struggle to do it, and you will be rewarded for doing it. Mm-hmm. And your organization is going to be more successful. So all of that. All right. Finally, we always close the show. I guess advice or perspective. We offer advice, perspective yeah. on jobs, work, and management. So this is today's episode what? This is perspective. perspective Advi- yeah. Advice to come. Tune in. Yeah, yeah, advice, advice, advice to come, to come but mm-hmm. today, perspective, all yeah. perspective. So yeah, that wraps another episode. Again, the website, www.thesubordinateisin.com. This mm-hmm. is The Subordinate Is In, the podcast. Always a pleasure to be here with my co-host. Mm. Our Instagram page is live as well. Uh, the Subordinate Is In. Uh, no underscores, all one word, all lowercase, all on Instagram. Uh a lot of that stuff is going to redirect you back to the website, but uh, stay tuned. Check out that page for updates as well. Absolutely. See you soon. See you soon. All right. One final. Did you see this little? I I'm going to do yeah, a yeah. little. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Another quick uh, segment. The We Regret the Error yeah. or Arata, I guess is Latin for yeah. it. Uh, in a previous episode. <laughs> Um, not to make light of it, a uh, previous episode, I referenced the former CEO of the GE Corporation, and I pr- mispronounced his name. I called him Jack Welsh, as opposed to Jack Welch. Mm. Uh, I regret the error, not like the not like the country. It's Jack Welch. Like the grape juice. Not like there. the grape juice, <laughs> yes. Uh, and then a quick fact check, I think from our last jam session, you'll enjoy this. I did. <laughs> uh, I mentioned the fact that uh, CEO pay relative to employees was like, I think I said it was like 300 to one. Right. So I looked it up just to, you know, just not to make, just to be sure that I wasn't exaggerating. And, and according to a June 2022 article in The Guardian, the average wage gap between CEOs and median workers 
was actually 670 to 1, <laughs> not 300 to 1. We regret the error. We regret the error.